Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Star Trek, the original series, season 1 episode 22, it's called Space Seed, full spoilers for the episode as always. This feels like a monumental yeah, part of it. We've, we've reached a big one. Because I feel like when you think of season 1, now obviously there's some important ones early on in season 1, you, you know, where no man has gone before, so on, because of the name, but like the seminal episode that everyone talks about because it's important is Space Seed. Yeah, season 2, I'd argue, is probably the Tribbles episode. Uh, it's, it's the first one that comes to mind for me. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the ones that have lasting repercussions beyond this show. Yeah, season 3, I don't know if it has one. Uh, <laughs> which maybe. Well, we'll find out when we get there. Yes. Uh, but this is Space Seed. This is the one that introduces Can, which of course is a big deal. And I, it's funny because... I'm pretty sure I saw Wrath of Khan. I saw the movies before I went back and watched the, the series. And it was weird going back to this and going, oh, this is so weird. They, they, they basically, for the second movie, they decided we're going to pick an episode and make a sequel to an episode. Is basically what they did. Uh, yeah, uh, which part? I, I've not seen that movie. You have not? This is all completely fresh to you. I like. Uh, so I obviously I've seen Into Darkness. But I <laughs> You've seen still, Into Darkness, I've, but no. I've seen Into Darkness, but I saw this episode before I saw Into Darkness because I only watched Into Darkness in the in the run up to Beyond because well, it didn't look that great. Yeah, that was confusing. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, forget Into Darkness. That's its own yeah, yeah. weird interpretation of things. And yeah, whatever. yeah. I was just I just thought you know I'll point that out that this is this is the weird experience I have with Star Trek. Okay, so. Uh, I mean, I know it's a good episode. It's a great episode. It's, it's got a lot of very interesting ideas that it brings to the table. And I think what is interesting, I think a lot of it would probably fall flat if Ricardo uh, Montalban wasn't such a good actor. Like, yeah. he, he, he carries a lot of the... just the, the weight of, like, what the premise is on his shoulders, and it works because of him. Yeah, you believe uh, he is what he says he is. But we, we find out a lot of really interesting things about the mythology. We, we hear about the eugenic wars... Yes, in the in the nineties. In the nineties, which I feel like, well, I don't even mind that they mentioned there was a war in the nineties. The fact that they're saying, "Oh, the spaceship they're on that they went in cryo sleeping left was in the nineties. I'm like, nah, you were shooting a wee bit too optimistic there. I think uh, writers, just a touch, just a touch. And then then they said, "Oh, well, yeah, space travel used to be really slow until 2018." I'm like, yep, start still shooting too too high. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I appreciate the effort, but. Now, admittedly, we've got a year left, but I've got a funny feeling that warp speeds are not going to be a thing in a year's Look, time. NASA might have a breakthrough, or, <laughs> well, I mean, they, they might have done, if not for certain budgetary slashings. <laughs> I, like, I just... Uh, that, that, those 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 little... Those dates made me kind of chuckle, just because... Because I'm sure in the 60s that felt like ages away. That felt yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's far, far in the future. Uh, but obviously now it's like, uh, yeah, okay, but maybe... Maybe overshot that a little bit. Yeah. So no, so uh, we found out about the eugenics wars, and this was about these these genetically sort of curated sort of human beings who were sort of modified to be the best of everything. Kind of think almost Captain America esque, but without a serum kind of thing. But more Pretty more much. from more from the perspective of like making the parents have the right baby rather than doing it afterwards. Yeah, it's selective breeding. Yeah, and the idea that they'd be stronger, they'd be faster, they'd be possibly smarter, uh, but with all this also came some side effects which were sort of increased ambition and 
you know, they basically all wanted to be dictators. Kind yeah, of, it was they? kind of, they can do more, so they believed they deserved more, so why not take more? Yeah, in a weird way, it was almost like a, arguably like a new form of racism, where they, they looked down upon the rest of humanity and said, we should rule you because you're Yeah, yeah, we're, we're better than you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's never put in those sort of terms, but that's kind of, like, if you think about it, it kind of is that. Yeah, is yeah, that. Uh, so no, so that that's the setup. So they they find this ship floating out in space, and uh, like, oh, this is old, this is ancient, and they find all these cryopods. Can wakes up. He's he's, he's something goes wrong with his pod at first, and he's he's knocked out for a while. So they bring him onto the ship, and they have uh, to save him because he's like, oh, if we leave him in that pod, he's going to die. Aye, uh, McCoy does his best to, and eventually he wakes up, of course, and obviously like so we, we get like drip fed this information about the this eugenics war and how there was these dictators who ruled parts of the, the, the planet how there was all these wars and eventually there was about 90 that were unaccounted for that disappeared and it becomes clear because we know there's 72 that have survived uh, some of the pods have killed the some of the people on the ship but there's 72 left which sounds like they made a stuff yeah, in the 90. Yeah. so uh we, we get that sense and and then the episode kind of devolves into like Kirk and Can kind of just playing almost chess with their words. And yeah, like it's, al- to... it's almost a philosophical debate yeah. over whether Khan was right in, you know, his belief that his existence is better, therefore that's why he does what he does. And, and the idea of him being a man out of time as well. Again, very Captain America. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, obviously, on a much more uh, negative side, but <laughs> definitely yeah. it, he, the way he like uh, like he keeps saying things like "Oh, I'm fatigued again" when he doesn't want to answer more questions, and it's just it's all he's playing a game. Yeah. And what I love about him, especially, is that when Kirk figures something out, when he catches him in something, or he figures out part of who he was or the lie or when they discover that he's, what his full name was and that he was the one who ruled in this part of the world and that kind of thing he never gets angry that he's been figured out he just gets impressed he's like he's it, it, it's almost impressed that they did it and then a little bit of disdain that it took them long enough <laughs> yeah but he it, doesn't get angry he sounds impressed and he's like oh very good exciting kirk and then ultimately he he kind of charms this historian who whose name was making me giggle every time they said that, that MacGyver <laughs> Officer yeah. MacGyver uh, and she kind of like falls for him and is uh, helping him take over the ship and he assembles his army and so on so on uh, and ultimately the reason why the the, the episode is called Space Seed is because when, obviously they have the whole thing where they, they do take over the bridge they take over the crew um, Kirk and actually I think there's a lot of good character stuff for uh, Kirk and the main characters in this because they they defy Khan they, they refuse to give him information they sort of stand in unison and refuse to cooperate to the point where Uhura gets uh, slapped by one of the yeah yeah it's one of the super vicious. soldiers yeah yeah uh, so no, it gets uh, almost quite dark. I feel I feel like this episode actually touches on a lot of sort of serious themes. Like the, the threat seems a bit more real than it normally does. I think it's because ultimately the threat is just another man. I mean, he's mm. enhanced, sure, but he's just another person. Whereas most of the threats we've encountered have been alien, these big, larger-than-life things, being celestial gods. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that makes some sense. I, I also think. Uh, Part of it is because what he's doing has already happened. Yeah, to, you know, to, to, we're comparing him to I think comparing him to Napoleon and stuff, and I, I think I think Hitler's another obvious kind of 
crash yeah, that compare yeah, him right. to. But it feels like it's almost that he's trying to like wrangle his way into power, and then he's going to start taking th- you know taking things over. It feels like he, he talks about how he doesn't want to rule. He wants people to. He wants them to let him rule them. Like he he wants them to to uh, like him, and that he wants them to want him in power. And I like how Spock, who you would think would be the coldest about all this. Uh, in a way he still is but in t- in terms of pure logic he's like no this is savage every, every, all these people you admire are savage because there's, there's that really funny scene where uh, uh, like Kirk and McCoy are all like and Scotty are all uh, oh they kind of admire him for his, his ambition and like sort of that kind of thing and Spock like, doesn't understand like how, how can you admire this, this savage man he's like oh we, we can think what he's doing is appalling but admire him at the same time for his you know for just, just for his determination the fact that he actually it takes a lot of effort to you know, become yeah, a dictator. and I think I think you can apply that to many real world dictators as well. In the sense that obviously what they do is appalling in the same way that is here, but they have a a mentality as a person to actually strive and get there. And I think that's the side of it that they can respect to some degree. Yeah, they can yeah. almost wish that they had that and that they could apply to themselves, but for good. So I think I think uh, you know the acting from. I mean, obviously the, the regular crew is good, but I think Khan is he completely sells it. Uh, and then after they, they deal with them, and you know, MacGyver turns sort of good again and helps Kirk out, and we, we sort of get the conclusion. I, I will complain though when it sort of ends in this one-on-one fight scene where Kirk chases to like the engine room where Khan is trying to like manipulate things. Yeah, some of the stunt double work in that was some of the most obvious, and even for this show, like there was some wide shots where it was just. It's two different yeah, people. Yeah. Uh, the, the other bit for me was usually, obviously, the the punches, you know, the, the fake punches, and yeah. it's very, you know, it's usually relatively obvious anyway. But there was the one where I think it's where Khan breaks out of his room and he does that big double fisted swing up into the guy's chin, and it was just so clearly nowhere near. Which, by the way, see, see this whole double fisted sort of handle swing thing. Yeah, I- that Star Trek insists on doing. I feel like, not even just Star Trek, I feel like that's something from an old era. You never see that in movies and TV now. I feel like, but stuff in the 60s and 50s, just across the board, they liked that for some... They thought, oh, it's, it's like a double punch. It's, oh, it's exciting. Yeah, big. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, maybe this is just because we, we weren't there then, but I don't get it. Do you really get it? Oh, no, I don't get it at all because it doesn't, you, you, you just simply can't get the same momentum into the punch by having both hands. Exactly. Part, it's part, it's part, all in the shoulders. Yeah, part of what makes the punch hit is because you can have a good swing on it, but when you've got two, it's like, you know, like the, the one shoulder stops the other shoulder from swinging properly. Unless you've got a bat. Unless, yeah, because the, the, in that case, though, the bat's got a swing on its own. Yeah, exactly. You just start the swing and then the bat takes over. It's, you know, it's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is a weird conversation to But that, that's what these, these punches into. are like. It's almost like they're holding a, a bat or a club or something, but. They're just not, but they're just hitting them with the fists instead. And I almost can't imagine like that hitting. That feels like that would hurt my hand more than it would hurt the the person's chin. Maybe equally, I don't know. But yeah, I feel like, I feel like the hand on the outside would just hurt. No, no, I know what you mean. So strange, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> uh, it's also strange that we've got through twenty two episodes before we've really questioned it this in this depth. Because it's, like, it's been in a lot of them. It's like because you brought it up and it made me think of it. Because normally I think I think this when I watch it, and then I forget about it. Yeah, yeah, I do the same. But you've pointed it out now, so I'm I'm diving yeah. into it. We're, 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 we're tackling. We'll never tackle it again. This is it. This is yeah. a one-time thing. We're doing it now. Uh, I, on the opposite side, though, 
I do actually love uh, Spock's Vulcan grip. I love because hmm? I I love that when a uh, like Kirk will distract the uh, super soldier. You know, it's just when he's just been saved from the airlock uh, place, and this soldier comes in and Spock's with him. Like Kirk, Kirk goes to wrestle with him, and then as soon as Spock realizes, oh, uh, Kirk's okay, he just puts his hand in and puts him to sleep. I like I like the sort of the stealth of it. Like you can just if like, there's been a couple of scenes in past episodes where Spock just sort of like walks up behind someone, and you know he's just going to knock them out. Like just easily. It's it's also because there's an actual physical touch there, which isn't there in the other fight scenes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, it's 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 obviously it's not a big deal, but it's just the simple bit where we can see the touch, and you can, it's more believable almost. I, I think well, like they've sold it so well over the course of the season at this point that it feels like an actual, you know, it's like his finishing move that he's got. It's, it's yeah. his signature thing, and you know that he's got this special move that he's got in his repertoire, which will just take care of the situation, assuming he's fighting a human enemy, and it's mm. just, you know, it's just it works really well, uh, but. No, uh, so the episode ends with uh, they have they, they have Khan and his people and uh, MacGyver, and they basically and Kirk decides not to put them through prison or court martial, whatever. He decides, no, we're going to set you off on a plan because he, he keeps comparing them to uh, the first people who arrived in Australia who to shaped shaped that country, mm. and he basically has this idea of planting the space seed, as the episode's called. Uh, where it'll put them on this planet that's you know habitable but not quite like completely formed yet. It's going to be harsh, and see if they can shape it into something. Uh, and the funny thing is, is this episode ends with oh, it'll be interesting to see that in a hundred years. Not quite. Fifteen's more like it, but um, yeah. But it's it's an interesting ending to uh, idea to end on, and I, I think that's. Uh, I agree, and I think obviously in terms of going back to the the movie. It makes sense that for them to pick this one as a sequel because it gives you so much of the, the mythology. Mm-hmm. It sets up so many ideas. It has a compelling villain that's not evil. Like he's evil, but he's he's relatable in a, to a degree. Yeah, he, he like un, unlike and, some and, and, of the big and, alien things, you can understand yeah. him. And the funny thing with this as well is that it kind of is one of the only solutions that's remotely humane because because of the way these people are designed, like you either have to kill them all. Or they're going to keep trying to like rule. So just give them a planet <laughs> to rule. Yeah, yeah. Let them rule themselves. Yeah, I, I do like the idea as well that it comes back to you know he takes inspiration from Australia, and the whole thing is their their ship was named after an Australian prison, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's kind of like he's got the idea from the original idea, so to speak. I think it's a really, I think it's a really good episode that gives a lot of the crew some really nice moments. Like even uh, McCoy when like Can wakes up and he's got the the blade to his neck, and McCoy just like he just stays mm. McCoy. He never gets scared. He just he, he's the same hard ass McCoy. Right, yeah, you want you want to move a bit to the left he, he, for that arm. Yeah, he, he even criticizes him because he sort of has him by the neck, like sort of with his hand, but he also has the blade. And he's like, "Well, are you going to strangle me or stab me? God damn it, make your pick." Yeah, ma- yeah, make up your mind. <laughs> Uh, which is, and, which is and, so and then you have, uh, you know, when they're all getting knocked out and dying, Kirk's giving them all the the, the awards. Yeah, that was a really nice moment, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, commendation for you know first officer this, lieutenant that. Yeah. Uh, that, that was good. No, and and then again, that leads to them all being held captive, and Khan's trying to get them to you know turn over to his side because he needs people who know how to work the ship to like help yeah. like go and but, take over places. Yeah. And I, I, I thought it was a just in general it was a nice moment for for Kirk as well, though. Because it was like his his last moment, as far as he's concerned, and 
He's making it's, sure his crew are recognised for what they did. Yeah. Exactly. It's not. It's not anything selfish. It's like no. These are the people that need the recognition. I was kind of laughing throughout that he's pissed that the one new female character isn't into him for a change. They're into Can. Yeah, it was amusing. Oh dear. Um, but I like to say the crew all get their good moments, especially the main characters. And yeah. uh, now we we have an interesting ending, which of course was used as as a seed for a sequel uh, yeah. down the line. But the episode itself is extremely entertaining. It's probably one of the best episodes of the season so far. Absolutely. Yeah compelling and also actually i think it's got one of the best it's one of the best paced episodes so far mm. because typically with star trek i enjoy watching it but even the good episodes we've had so far i'll do a little bit of time I'm like, okay what time am i at? i want to know out of the 50 minutes where, where am i on the clock and you're only at like 30 and some sometimes no well sometimes i'll be like 15 and i'll be like all right okay i'm, I'm only this far in uh but at that usual point where i expect 15 i was at like almost 40 and it was like Oh, we're already in like the final act. It almost felt like there could be a lot more story. No, I agree because it's, yeah. it's typically very slow paced, and you know, it's not that, that I, it's something I hold against it. It's just that's how it is. It's fifty minutes, but sometimes due to what what we expect now from a TV yeah, show, I mean, it, it's it like, feels a lot longer, doesn't it? It's a combination. It's it's about eight minutes longer than what we're used to now, and it's also just paced differently even if this was still 41 42 minutes it would still feel slower i would be willing to bet you money just because, i agree just because of the era and the, the way yeah, made things it does it feels longer than 50 most times when i watch it just because of how it is paced but that's not necessarily a fault but this one just went in really quickly yeah this was packed with good plot like yeah um, right from the start we're hearing about these eugenic wars and then it's mystery like well who are these people and then we slowly get more information about it Spock's looking into it because you know, at first we don't know 90 went missing and then we find that out and then we find out that it's actually him who was ruler of this part of the planet and so on and it develops there and then you've got his romance with MacGyver that develops because she's painting all these world rulers and uh, then he finds a painting of him and he's like oh I'm honoured and I'm like no, that's awkward. <laughs> if I yeah. if I found someone had put a painting on me, as if they've got some weird crush on me, I'd be like, oh, I don't know, this is a bit weird. Uh, a little bit. I think you should take what you can get, to be honest. Aye, aye thank you very much. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's basically it's a really really good episode. It's uh, I I think that's maybe another part of it as well. Is the not only did it have one of the best villains of the show, it also it was natural. It was there naturally for a revenge story. Yeah, it had everything it needed. That's the thing. It sets up at the end. It's like, oh, it'd be nice to see it in a hundred years. But then you get the idea of, yeah, but what if they don't want to wait a hundred years? Mm. Uh, it's funny actually. There's actually kind of a plot hole with uh, the, the the movie because uh, I don't know this is much of a spoiler, even though you've not seen it yet, but. Basically, the first character who sees him in the movie is Chekhov, and he reacts to him. <laughs> However... Yeah. Chekhov is, is, is not in existence as of yet. No, he's not. Um, I mean, maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe I'm misremembering how he reacts, but I, I seem to recall him reacting as if he knows who he is. Um, yeah. That's also, I, I can't remember, you know when, obviously, Chekhov's introduced in season two. Mm-hmm. Is he introduced as, oh, he's just a new character to the ship, or is he another one of those, oh, he's around, but now we're going to show you him? As we've got many times before, I can't remember, but we'll find out. Because if it is, if soon. it is that latter, he could have been on the ship. Oh, during sure, this. sure. I think he might have been introduced as a new. Person I can't remember. Ship. We'll we'll find out in you know not too long. A couple of months, we'll find out. Yeah. So 
No, there you go. There you go. That's uh, that's basically. Let us know what you think of this episode in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mail underscore fudge for channel updates. If you want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash TV. In fact, one of the perks uh, at one dollar is that you get these episodes of Star Trek reviews uh, a week early. So if you're watching this on the YouTubes, then the next one's already up on Patreon. So yeah. Uh, but no, there you go. That is uh, this week's Star Trek review. So thank you once again for watching. We'll see you next time.